0: Sports. The G Cat has got you covered.
1: Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend.
0: Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Katengil. Check it out,
2: John. They really can't help themselves, can they? The national media. Did you just hear that just now. Just hear that just now. Chris Mortensen had to be asked. Can Sean Payton be the next head coach of your <laughs> New York Giants? Oh my goodness. What's up everybody? Thank you for joining us. It is Monday, December 6th. It's a little different. We're not talking about a Saints game that took place yesterday because they didn't play yesterday. They played Thursday. Panthers were off. They did make some news. Falcons and Bucks played Tampa with the win in the ATL. We'll go over everything That took place in week 13 in the NFL. Some interesting tidbits and storylines. We can kind of make that a bit of a question of the day. What stood out to you the most was the fact that, um, you know, you had a team go for two, didn't get it. The Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert matchup didn't exactly kind of, you know, pan out the way you thought it would as well. Or, you know, was it the fact that, finally, we got a W with the Lions getting the win yesterday? Back, looks, throws, ends up. Yes, caught. Touchdown,
1: Detroit Lions. They did it. Armand Ross, they brought in the receiving end. Oh, they're rushing the field. They've done it. Three zeros on the clock. This game is over. It's over. Jared Goff to Anandas St. Brown, his first career
0: touchdown. And how big is that? Oh, my goodness.
2: Have a day, boys. Have a day. <laughs> Lions radio with the call there. So uh, the Lions finally getting a, a victory. So is that something that stood out to you? Is it the fact that quite honestly, especially around here, it is a bit of news because you know the name, Joe Brady being let go, fired as offensive coordinator by the Panthers on Sunday during a bye week. You had heard that there was some rumblings a couple of weeks ago. Remember I told you, uh, here on the show, I said that, you know, that there was, um, that he, he kept getting questions, head coach Matt Rule. On whether or not staff changes need to be made. Would, would he take play calling duties away from Joe Brady? Was he happy with Joe Brady? Tell you, it's interesting reading the comments from people that cover the Panthers on their fans too. All of them are like, is it, is it the play calling or is it the fact that Christian McCaffrey hasn't been playing a lot and things that look? I, I've said this to you in just following the Panthers since Matt Rule's gotten there. I don't know if he's going to be a good NFL coach or last. I, again, I go to Teddy Two Gloves earlier this year when he started with the Denver Broncos, in which he said, we didn't even practice red zone or third downs during a week. And we know here in New Orleans, well, that, uh, they do that on Fridays. Like there's a whole day of the week in which they focus and work on that. So, I don't know. And then, look, you just get the sense and feel. You have no idea what it is that he wants or who he wants at quarterback, right? So, I don't know. Anyway, I'll take your phone calls on that as well. Lots of LSU fans feel that it should be maybe Ryan Kelly calling Joe Brady to bring him back and do that. College football is interesting. We got so many different, you know, tidbits to kind of talk about here. The college football playoff was made official. What did you think of these Saturday title games? Did it lead up to your potential? Did you think um they were exciting? I mean, I, I to me, clearly the Baylor Oklahoma State finish was incredible, wasn't it? It was absolutely remarkable. Dave Aranda winning the Big 12, the play was just incredible, right?
0: If you score in all likelihood, and perhaps the CFP, Jackson, Troy, trying-
2: I mean, what, it was, I mean, it wasn't even like six inches. I mean, it's when you, when you're watching that, right? I mean, Oklahoma State did everything right leading into that bleeding clock outside of a minute, inside of a minute. You're, I mean, it's, this is it. I mean, Baylor's not going to get the ball back. They're getting closer. They're in the 10, they're inside the five. And, and then, you know, it it gets a little tight, doesn't it? Gets a little tight. You got to score. And it's first and goal. It's second and goal. It's third and goal. So now it's down to fourth and goal in that play. Right call. Right call. A couple of my friends and I were texting as it happened. At the handoff, when the Oklahoma State running back starts going to the left, it's wide open. He literally has one man to beat. Number 42 for Baylor just absolutely its a foot race. Can he get to the sideline before... The Cowboy, running back, can get to the sideline and turn it up. And when he stretched that ball, I mean, it's literally, it it just, if it grazes the pylon, grazes, it's a touchdown. They lose. I mean, it's that was incredible. So of all the games, was that the game that really stood out to you? Or was it the beating that Alabama gave Georgia? I was surprised by this. I, look. I wasn't surprised Alabama won. I was surprised by the way they won. Would you agree with that? Did you, I again? This was the most vaunted Bulldog defense in the history of Bulldog defenses, and Alabama dropped forty-one. Bryce Young, twenty-six of forty-four, four hundred and twenty-one yards, three touchdowns, and I know I wasn't the only one, right? I actually text Mike Triplett that he's going to join us coming up at 2.15 today. Talk a little Saints. We're going to talk mallet finger and all this stuff. But is there any way the Saints can put a claim in on Bryce Young? <laughs> I mean, I know you have to finish a certain spy and then draft it and make trades. Up, but, you know, considering the NFL essentially privately admitted and apologized to the Saints about the, you know, Blind side block call they had last Thursday against the Cowboys. Yet another call they blew. I mean can can Sean Payton cash in an IOU from the NFL. Bryce Young, my goodness. Paul Feinbaum says go ahead and just start carving up the uh the trophy. It's over.
0: Uh yeah. and, and and really Part of the reason it's over, Jay, is, you know, tell me who else should win the award. I mean, we've been through the various iterations of this. I think three weeks ago, uh, Stroud had won it from Ohio State. And then we were trying to put defensive players in from Georgia, which are not going to happen now. So I I think he he had a moment against Auburn, uh, even though that was one of his worst games. But he was so good. And 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 back to what Keyshawn said a minute ago. That was really the difference. First of all, Georgia uh, had a a very uh, t- bizarre uh, uh defensive structure where they really didn't try to go after him that much. They 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 should have I, I don't know about you, but I would have just tried to knock him off his feet as fast as possible and they didn't do that with the best defensive line of all time. At least that's what the people that covered Georgia told us. And and, and Bryce was just unbelievable. He
2: he really was. So the college football rankings, there, there was no real debates in terms of who was going to be in. You knew the four, thanks to all the teams really winning that were going to be in. Cincinnati won the American Athletic Conference Championship. You, you knew they, I mean, they were undefeated. It would have been a travesty if somebody would have passed them up. There were going to be four. The question was, could they be higher than four? Michigan put a beating on Iowa clearly to make their case to be number one. But Alabama beating number one should be number one. I think so. I don't know. Do you think? You think Michigan should be uh, ahead of that? Should Bama be playing Georgia in the semifinal? Looks like they could be destined. And I'm not saying looks like. Look, I get it. Cincinnati's got to play Alabama. And Michigan could beat Georgia. But it could be another rematch, Alabama in Georgia in the national championship. The way it's going to set up, though, New Year's Eve. 2.30 p.m. over on ESPN, and Bama's choosing to play in Arlington, Texas. They can choose. They could have chosen both semifinal locations, either Hard Rock Stadium in Miami or AT&T Stadium in Arlington, home of the Cowboys, rather than play at the home of the Dolphins. You can control the environment. You can control the weather if you're Bama, and then the national title game is in Lucas Oil Field with the Colts play, so Bama ain't going to be outside the rest of the season. Cincinnati, Alabama, 2.30 on New Year's Eve. I know that's early. I'm not a fan of that. And then at 6.30, it's Georgia and Michigan, as they will be playing in Miami there. So those are your two college football playoff semifinals for that to happen. Bowls also are announced, and LSU is going to be playing in... The last bowl, essentially, before the national championship game, which will be January 10th. The week before that, it's LSU and Kansas State in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. NRG Stadium, home of the Texans. Tuesday, 8 p.m. ESPN. That is where they will be. So we got all that to touch on and in last night. Uh we'll hear coming up uh, around 245 ish not the top of the hour from Willie Green and the Pels as they they very nice win against Dallas on Friday. Like bounce back, it was awesome. And you get 40 from Brandon Ingram, 41, right? Um yesterday 40 points, five rebounds, four assists. And they lose 118, 108 to the Rockets, who have won six straight, who are now seven and 16. Pelicans, seven and 19. So, we'll talk about the Pels and, you know, see where they are. Give me a quick chance to tell you, of course, about DraftKings. You gotta get that DraftKings sportsbook app. It's coming soon to Louisiana in terms of going live. And before that happens, if you have registered, if you have put your name in and you are all signed up, $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. Here's the best part. No deposit required. So you sign up, you get the app, you put in the code LaRose, you get $100 in free bets just by starting. No deposit required. Don't have to put a buck in. You get $100. you are starting ahead a $100. So why not try it, right? DraftKings Sportsbook. That is the app. And use the code LaRose. Coming up on today's show, as we uh mentioned a little bit ago, Mike Triplett's going to join us at 2.15. Marlon Favreite also in that 2 o'clock hour. Rafael Esparza will join us at 1.15. We'll go through all the different games. And some of the bowl games already kind of matching up already. And coming up next, though, Brody Miller covers the LSU Tigers for the Athletic. We'll touch base with him. See... His thoughts on LSU, the let go of Tommy Moffitt, a very, very popular strength and conditioning coach. Your thoughts and all that and more. So we'll do that coming up. It's the Sport Hangover. Thanks for tuning us in as we are your home for Pelicans Basketball, ESPN New Orleans. do you know we're riding on the Marrakesh Express? do you know we're riding on the Marrakesh
1: Express? They're taking me to Marrakesh all on board. The train I'm on board the
0: train. Let's play everyone's favorite game, Mississippi mudslinging, where Mississippi Casinos spend big and lie to St. Tammany voters. First question. Mississippi Casinos are saying a yes vote for Camellia Bay could mean other casinos in St. Tammany. Is this fact or fiction?
1: Well, it was on Facebook.
0: It's one big lie. The December vote authorizes just one resort at one slide L location. Our Constitution requires a parish-wide vote every time a casino tries to move. Next question. Mississippi casinos are calling Camellia Bay a truck stop casino.
2: Are they right or wrong? They're wrong. It's no truck stop. Camellia Bay has a four-star hotel. They've got a convention center. And a lazy river.
0: You're all correct. St. Tammany, don't let Mississippi have all the fun. Mississippi casinos are funding a campaign of lies to keep you from getting what they already
2: have. Paid for by the North Shore Winds. Your new Ford dealership in Lafourche Parish is Calvin Braxton Ford. You may need your vehicle serviced, but you don't want to drive too far. Get ready for some good news. The Calvin Braxton Ford Service Department in Lockport is now open. And better yet, they truly want to keep your vehicle running at its best. Now offering a special on gas-only oil changes, just $39.95 up to 5 quarts. Plus, with four new tires, your alignment is only $69.95. Yeah, Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport.
1: On August 29th, 2021, Hurricane Ida wreaked havoc on our community, leaving thousands of people feeling helpless, vulnerable, and desperate. We refuse to let insurance companies do the same. At AMO Trial Lawyers, we have assembled a team of not only attorneys, but also contractors, adjusters, engineers, and estimators with the focus of maximizing your claim value and assisting in your recovery. If you think your
2: insurance company isn't treating you fairly, get a name that insurance companies know by calling 985-446-3333. I'm Matt Ori, and I'm David Ardwin, and we are the AMO Advantage. I was surprised.
1: I was definitely surprised.
2: Yep, we had no idea. Totally surprised. Um, can you say jaw drop? Who knew? State Farm, with these great rates?
0: The surprise everyone's talking about is the surprisingly great rates for home and auto insurance from State Farm, especially when you combine them.
2: When you want the real deal, call State Farm agent Ashley Barriott and cut off today. 985-632-0988. 985 Mexican Restaurant on Highway 1 in Raceland is open and ready to please you. They have daily lunch specials Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Mouth-watering Mexican food daily with delicious specialty dishes like coconut shrimp tacos, Baja fish tacos, plus try the trio burritos, or a carne asada. Coco's Mexican has happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. Delivery service from waiters also available. They're located on Highway 1 in Raceland next to the post office. Coco's
1: The cleanup continues from the recent storms, and we want you to know that nobody can get a metal roof or metal building to you faster than Reed's Metals in Brookhaven. For all your metal building components, Reed's Metals has it all in stock. Roll-up doors, insulation, skylights, purlins, and more. Our metal building frames are American-made steel, all put together by certified welders. Metal buildings and everything you need with quick delivery, too. When you call Reed's Metals in Brookhaven, 601-823-6516, or online at reedsmetals.com.
2: How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports? That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Time to talk a little Tiger football. Mr. Brody Miller covers your LSU Fighting Tigers for the Athletic. Brody, good afternoon, sir. How
1: are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself?
2: Doing well, man. It's been a busy couple days, hasn't (laughs) it? Never a dull moment. Have you seen anything like the last seven to ten days in college football. I mean, even today, right? I mean, I, yesterday, I'm in Miami coming back home from a basketball tournament. The reports are that Crystal is the new head coach. There's only one problem. Manny Diaz was still the head coach. There's no AD. I, I, and now you're hearing that you know, Manny's gone and Cristobal is going to be hired. I've never seen anything like this, huh?
1: No, this is pretty much unprecedented in college football. I mean, you go back to Jimbo leaving A&M was the most, Pretty much unprecedented, shocking move in college football coaching history. A championship winner, a guy at a major Power Five leaving for another Power Five. That doesn't really happen. And and this cycle to see essentially three, two of which are were pretty much Brian Kelly and, and Lincoln Riley, who were you know consensus top five ten coaches in the entire country. Guys who like were synonymous with that school. Guys who you assumed would never leave for anything you know to leave this is and it's created this chain of events obviously where one guy's leaving for another job and and now you got Venables going to Oklahoma which would have been right. a huge news any other year and it's kind of like Schmidt you know so it really is kind of unprecedented times both from the the way the power structure is changing in college football but also to the money that is being thrown around I mean just crazy unprecedented money where you don't even really bat an eye at Brian Kelly essentially making ten and a half million dollars a year, you know, which had never been happened before. We have, we don't have Lincoln Riley's confirmed numbers yet, but it is believed to be there too. This is these are wild times we're in.
2: It is, and you mentioned the two names that kind of maybe started it all here, and it was, of course, the weekend in which the regular season came to an end, and it was boom, Lincoln Riley, USC, not LSU, Brian Kelly to LSU. Take us back a little bit to that. And then I kind of want to go through the week on how I find it very interesting. It almost feels like it's a PR social media battle in terms of loyalty and proving this. And we'll get to that. But and, and I think you know what I'm talking about. But Brody, was it always Ryan Kelly or was it others that maybe either didn't, the timing wasn't right or Scott Woodward couldn't get? Or was it always Brian Kelly with Scott Woodward, you think?
1: Yeah, I think, and I'll I'll preface this, but it is sometimes with the Scott Woodward search, it is just hard to really, really figure out what's real and what isn't. But I will say this. Do I think Brian Kelly was always choice number one? No, I I don't. But I do believe he is somebody who is absolutely, I I know for a fact, was somebody who was reached out to as far back as, you know, right when Ogeron was fired in October. You know, I do believe Jimbo Fisher was the number one target. I I think that's something that a lot of us assumed, and I have, you know, kind of believe that is fact. But I, I think the rest is where it does get tricky. I do think Brian Kelly was reached out to right away. I do believe he thought about it, you know, talked to some people and decided, you know, maybe it's not the, not the right move for me. And I do believe there were conversations with Lincoln Riley. I don't think that is fabricated, right? I do believe there are a lot of boosters around LSU who were sincerely led to believe they had a chance here. So that, you know, there, there's something to the Lincoln Riley tell storyline. It's not completely out of thin air. But I do believe there was a lot of really savvy work with you know, uh Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly sharing an agent, Trace Armstrong I will I will mention and, and maybe some work in and letting that story gain so much steam but then, you know it actually being to cover Lincoln Riley going to USC and whatnot, and and Brian Kelly being Scott Woodward, one of his main targets. So it's kind of always somewhere in the middle, right? You know, I will not pretend to say with the utmost confidence that if Scott Woodward had a choice between Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly, I know which was literally the number two. I don't know, but I do believe Brian Kelly was always in the mix, and I do mm-hmm. believe that there was some smoke screening going on.
2: Speak with Brody Miller. The Athletic covers your LSU Tigers at Brody A. Miller is the way to follow him on Twitter. I, I think Brody... What's also been very interesting with this is reaction and how I think it shapes and almost creates narratives to a point, right? I mean, so the Brian Kelly departure almost covered differently than Lincoln Riley, which was a shock and surprise. We saw one or two shots of people putting a banner that says traitor over where Oklahoma football is or something like that. But I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like – Brian Kelly is being almost demonized by the way he's doing it. And especially comparisons to the videos being put out there by Notre Dame, by Florida with Napier, by all these other coaches. I don't know if it's coincidence that all these other coaches are, it's about family and it's about, you know, you, the player and stuff. I almost feel like it's a playoff of what Brian Kelly did.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, it's an interesting point, and I think, how would I put this? I think with Lincoln Riley, there is a little bit more of fear with what he's doing to Oklahoma, you know, like leaving and taking all these recruits, and like there was a little bit more of, like, this guy is Oklahoma, he's our guy. and like There was a lot of anger there. There was a lot of panic in the Oklahoma fan base, no doubt about it. But there was also an element of Lincoln Riley was always kind of destined for, I don't know, going to the NFL and things like that. So it's like it was a shocking move. Not shocking in the sense that he would one day leave Oklahoma, I guess. And I think with Kelly, it's just different. You know, even Lincoln Riley, for example. You know, he took over what Bob Stoops built and then kept it rolling. And only been there really, head coach, I think, four years, right, or maybe five. While with Brian Kelly, it's you are the guy who is the winningest coach here ever. You are a guy who built this team from mediocrity for probably two decades. You know, the last four coaches to just constant winning. You you know, he is Notre Dame football and then to leave a team that still had a very solid chance of making the playoffs to leave, you know, in this way in such a kind of surprising, you know, kind of angry way. Yeah. I think that led to just a different thing. And yeah, it doesn't help that Brian Kelly is not a very popular man. You know I mean? It's just, I think he's a great football coach. This isn't my opinion on anything. Just, hey, I don't think necessarily everybody works for Brian Kelly. He's like, I love that man. I think they respect him, but I don't think there's love there. Or his players, you know, he keeps a distance. That's kind of how he runs things. So I think there's just kind of a a greater sense of people being like, all right, you know, see ya. And I think there's a little easier to, to get angry at him. But at yeah, the same yo, time, just, I think, I think all these people very much like Brian Kelly's an incredible coach. Like this is not me insulting him. It's just to your point of the difference yeah. in discourse. I think that's part of it.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you can see it, right? When they introduce the new Cajuns coach, the players go up and when they, I don't think it was coincidence, the video that Notre Dame put out there when Marcus Freeman walks in the locker room and they all just bum rush him, right? I mean, that, but what I find interesting is no one's doing that for Lincoln Riley. I was mean, like, I'm not seeing anybody. Oh, he's all, he's all so calm now. Yet Brian Kelly has a southern accent draw. You know, that all of a sudden is a big story. I mean, it's, it's just weird. Yeah. And I anyway. think that
1: really, that really does go back to the, I think people are more ready to make fun of Brian Kelly. You know, I think I think people have twenty years of history with Brian Kelly and are like, "Hey, let's let's make fun of him." And I'm not here to say that's right or wrong. I think it's just the reality.
2: I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen anything about Lincoln Riley, right? But anyway, um, okay. Bottom line, though, it's about staff and things of that nature, and you always want to associate yourself with people. And he he said the day that he was introduced officially that those decisions were going to be made. How surprised are you that Tommy Moffat Mickey Joseph were members of the staff that were let go?
1: Oh I'm not, not exactly surprised. You know, I think there's a few things going on there. One, I think you know, with Tommy Moffat, he's a revered guy here, twenty one years. He is you could kind of call him like the godfather of modern strength and conditioning. He's a legend, but there just had been a sense all season from behind the scenes that this was probably it. And, and I, you know, you hear some people say he was going to retire. I I don't know that, but it just felt like it was time. And I think Tommy Moffat even felt kind of got that sense throughout the season. So it's not surprising because it does kind of feel like LSU had fallen behind a little bit in terms of strength and conditioning. And, and I never like to p- pretend that like I can play the game of being like injuries are directly so, correlated. To, yeah. Like, I don't know, but, but that piled up and I think people started asking questions. So, I, that's not too shocking it's it's crazy news right just that the idea that they're going to have a new guy there for the first time in, in more than two decades but and then you go back to the rest of the staff and there's still a lot of decisions to be made but you know it, it is a staff that was a part of back-to-back losing seasons you know or, or you know 500 seasons i should say and, and you know mickey joseph's the guy who it is surprising to basically see two of the more kind of revered Louisiana recruiters with Jabar Jaluka uh, with occasions and and now <laughs> Mickey Joseph with LSU both leave for out-of-state jobs. You know, that is surprising. But even with Mickey Joseph, you know, I, I think Mickey's a beloved guy, but I'm not surprised to see him go back to his alma mater. I'm not surprised that, you know, Brian Kelly didn't feel a direct connection with him. So, and I also think there's a little element of Scott Woodward, you know, is ready to move on from the Ogeron era in some ways. So I think that's a factor in this too. But I think you're going to see – it's going to be so interesting because Brian Kelly has been turned down by a few staffers there at Notre Dame. Sure. There are some others that are still very much in the mix that absolutely might come with. You know, Brian the special teams coach, comes to mind. Jake Flint, the strength coach. Those are guys still weighing options. But it's going to be so interesting because Brian Kelly doesn't have necessarily, like, the biggest network of, like, his guys he's going to call. Right. But he is one of the biggest coaches in the country. LSU is going to pay big time for whatever yep. coordinator you want. And it's an early job. So I think they're going to get really great candidates. It just might not be like obvious Brian Kelly connection.
2: Yeah, I mean, Brody, I mean, he's made it clear, right? That he, he was willing to make Marcus Freeman the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. Um, Correct. So how many times did you get texts yesterday when the news broke that Joe Brady was fired <laughs> by the Panthers that he should be the next offensive coordinator for LSU? Can that, where do we stand with OC and DC? Those are the two biggest names, obviously, or positions that the staff will go.
1: Yeah, I do think you'll see more movement in the next day or two. And answer your question, yeah, probably a dozen texts of like, oh, he's coming back. That's and it? hey, I, I don't rule anything <laughs> out. Scott Woodward loves Joe Brady. And like, I, I wouldn't be surprised, but there's at least a phone call there. But yeah, I mean, I go back to one. Still, Brady didn't love being a college coach. Like, I mean, he loved being at LSU, but he didn't love recruiting. And I don't know if he's gonna go back to that. And it is gonna be interesting to see what the temperature is for him in the NFL. You know, because he a year ago he was literally interviewing for head coach jobs. Like that was his yes. trajectory. And now it's I don't I don't know if he's gonna get another NFL OC job. I would think. It does seem like he's kind of the scapegoat for a lot going on in Carolina that I'm not exactly sure falls on him. But yeah, so anyway, I, I do think you'll see more movement the next day or two. And I think offensively, two names to watch are Jeff Levy and, and Kendall Bryles, two big ones. And defensively, it's, it's hard to tell, but you do hear some rumors that they want to, you know, make a big swing on Pete Golding in Alabama.
2: That's a good one. I'll write that down. Thank you so much, sir. Appreciate your time as always, Brody, man. We'll, uh, chat with you maybe when, uh, those coordinator positions fill in.
1: Alright, thanks for having me. Take care. Sounds good,
2: man. Go check him out. Go follow him over on The Athletic. Brody A. Miller is the way to follow him on Twitter, and of course he covers your Tigers for The Athletic. It's Gus Cat and Go. It's the Sports Hangover on your home for Pelicans basketball. We'll check in with the intern next on ESPN New Orleans. <laughs>
1: Aftermath of Hurricane Ida, it is obvious that our community has taken a big hit as we all rebuild and come together in the best of ways, the way we do it in South Louisiana helping our neighbors, family, and especially local businesses. Home Attractor and John Deere would like to thank all of our customers for their business, supporting, and understanding while we work through the damage with plans to be better than ever as a business and a community. Home Attractor is open for business and here to serve our community. We have new John Deere equipment to help get the work done. Home Attractor, at the foot of the tunnel on the east side.
2: Hi, I'm Nicholas Head football coach Tim Rebo. Winning a football game starts with a great game plan. And so does fighting pests. Terminex will protect your home and business from termites, roaches, mice, and even mosquitoes. Call the local team, Dan and Billy Foster at Terminex of Homa. They will drop a winning game plan to tackle your pests. Thank you. Terminex is a proud supporter of Nichols Athletics. Go, Kermit!
1: Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At The King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring The King at
2: 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766.
0: At Thibodeau Regional, we're proud to announce we've received Health Grade's 2017 Outstanding Patient Experience and Patient Safety Excellence Awards. Once more, we're the only hospital in Louisiana to achieve both awards four years in a row. Why should this matter? Because it confirms two things, our commitment to quality and your satisfaction, both very important when it comes to your family's health care. Thibodeau Regional. Once again, recognized by Healthgrades for providing outstanding quality care. For more info, go to Thibodeau.com. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up! Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone! Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattingill.
2: You, you You know, Levy with Ole Miss is interesting. And you're just kind of wondering, again, this is me, this is me, okay. how much is the Ole Miss offense him, is it Lane, sort of, you know, again, when you look at high-powered offenses, like, say, the Saints, like, you wonder if, you know, is is that why maybe Pete Carmichael hasn't been hired as an offensive coordinator or a head coach, you know, do people go, okay, it's Sean's offense, it's Sean calling, like, you wonder with Ole Miss, is it, you know, Jeff Levy, or is it, um, is it the Lane train? And speaking of, did you see how Ole Miss announced their – I'll tell you what. These social media platforms right now for teams and schools are on fire. Everyone's trying to outdo everybody. Did you see the way they announced Lane Kiffin's extension? My man getting out of a really nice ride, sunglasses, stepping out of a car, just smiling. I love it. I think it would have been great. I, I don't know. It was fun, anyway. Let's check in with the intern at JD Kleber's The way to follow him over on Twitter, Jordan. How are you, sir? I'm
0: doing well. Been better, but you know we're.
2: Oh happy. wait, wait a minute. What do you mean you've been better? What what happened? It's Monday. What what happened?
0: Exactly. It's Monday. What do you mean? What happened?
2: No. Oh. Okay. Did you, did you see how the lane trains extension was announced? Did you see that video?
0: No, you're right. I mean, all these coaches, I mean, they're putting out these basically basically movie production-type products, almost like a trailer of uh, all the new head coaches. I I saw a bunch of LSUs, and then uh, even Billy Napier, you were sending over the weekend. Him over at Florida, they kept on uh, putting video after video out Mm -hmm. of their new head coach.
2: Mm -hmm. Do you think I need help with Billy Napier? Do you think I should consult, like, maybe Dr. McKenna? You know, do uh, no, I need a psychiatrist? <laughs> maybe so because
0: maybe I am a little obsessed with it. Test I, test I honestly test am. Test like,
2: test it's,
1: test
2: yeah, I'm a little saddened by it. I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I am. And just watching him show up, the way he handled it, just, they, they won the Sunbelt Conference Championship, beating Appalachian State, the way he spoke of, look, if Florida wasn't going to let me, you know, stick around and finish this with my guys and my staff in this school that gave me a chance, then I didn't want to go there. I mean, like, it's just completely opposite. That's why I was trying to get it with Brody Miller. Like, you see that, right? Like, it, it it's almost like um an effort to make sure to show if you are moving somewhere else or if you're choosing to stay or if you're choosing that job, the language being used by these other coaches almost seems to kind of go against what, brian kelly did I, you know just maybe it's just my perception but it seems like it
0: well no i mean i don't know if you saw the video of one of the notre dame players when they were he was giving the um his final like parting of ways message to the team was talking about brian kelly but it was yeah. only four minutes long and, and it, it was just it was very awkward i would have to say and you get up your team up at seven o'clock in the morning and then that's kind of your parting message to the team only four minutes long and not even taking any questions on why this has even happened.
2: Mm, that's interesting. I promise I did not check Gators football on Twitter today.
0: I promise. No, you, I, I bet you just did. I no, I just, didn't.
2: I'm telling you, I gotta let it go. I gotta let it go. It'd be like, you know, in your relationship you just you gotta delete the Facebook page. You can't go to it. Here's a look at what's making news. Let's check out the sports hangovers top stories. <laughs> All right, JD Clebear, what do you have for us today, sir, with a couple of other storylines going on? Well,
0: I mean, at least it isn't bad news for the Pelicans, but, uh, Daniel Lillard has reportedly grown frustrated with the Portland Trailblazers, and, um, the play and tension appear to be on the rise between players and Chauncey Billups. And this is, remember, it's Chauncey Billups' first year as Portland head coach, first year as a head coach in the NBA, and there's already seems to be some frustration, what, only twenty uh, 25 games in.
2: Was it wasn't Damian Lillard responsible for the hire, essentially, for Chauncey Billups? Wasn't he yeah, like... I mean,
0: he was. One of the he was asked, right? He was kind of... Yeah, okay. to was, get
2: him hired. Okay, I was just making sure that I wasn't the only one. But,
0: but there's also more news coming out of Portland. Multiple sources of all whole, the told the Athletics that Lillard would like to play with the Philadelphia 76ers um, also are Ben Simmons. So it looks like he either wants Ben Simmons to come to him or he wants to go playoff in Philly. But I, I don't see them being able to, to pull Damian Lillard away from the trailblazers if he wants to go to Philly. I,
2: I, I, that's a curious fit for me. You and I kind of talked about that a little bit before the show. It's a curious fit for me from this standpoint. Um, I guess in theory he can bring the ball up more. It's less of him having to handle the ball and things that I'm sure maybe it can free him up. But again come dame time when the game is on the line, unless Ben Simmons can prove that A, he can make shots, B he can make free throws, coaches have put him on the bench in key situations, which again would mean Dame Time is double teamed, and I quite honestly am still double teaming him until Ben Simmons like wins three games in a row if they game winner. You know what I'm saying? It's just a weird fit. I don't know. No, I can.
0: I completely. I, I don't see that being a
2: great decision
0: for the Portland Trailblazers if, in getting Ben Simmons to come on that team. Like you said, I mean, yeah, he can drive to the basket, but as we saw in the playoffs, when it, when he has to make that shot, is he going to take it or is he going to pass it out and make a not a high IQ basketball play?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. What else you got for us, man?
0: All right, so you know we have Pelicans basketball making history. Uh, yes. You know, yeah,
2: I I'm well aware of the history of it. that happened. Yeah. Again,
0: well, last night a historic turnaround for eight down. Um, according to ESPN the Rockets are the first team in the NBA, and MLB, and NFL history to break immediately after losing a streak of 15 plus. So it, it, that just so happens to come to your New Orleans Pelicans the, the, the sixth game.
2: You know, it is what it is. Teams shoot better threes. I, no, I, I see. I'll be honest with you. Last night disappointed me. Last night disappointed me. You, you, you split against Utah. Split against Dallas. Those are two really good teams. So you show me you can beat them. And you know, Houston's right around you there at the cellar. Same number wins. I just, I don't know. Did you expect to win? Plus, is it my is fault? It I, I think it's my fault. I I went in expecting a win. Maybe I shouldn't.
0: No, you definitely shouldn't, especially if they were coming off of you know five a five game winning streak and like I said, now six games since they beat the Pelicans. But I mean, they're just they're right now being they're playing as a better basketball team than the Pelicans. And as we've been saying the past few years, that consistency. Willie Green talked about it last night after the game, just the consistency of play. I'm pretty sure some of the players talked about it in the post-game interviews. And and that's just the main factor with this team right now is not being able to play consistent basketball. And you have the same kind of narrative where your star player puts up 40-plus points and you don't come out with a win.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, what was the biggest storyline for you in the NFL yesterday?
0: I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to give the Lions some love because I've been, you know, drug, dragging them through the mud the past, you know, whatever whatever week we're in in the NFL. I think, what, week
2: four, Thirteen. Two,
0: week, week 13. Yep. Week 13. I've been dragging them for 13 weeks on how bad of a football team they are. But, no, shout-out to Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. I think that was a big storyline this week, seeing him get that first one. Mm. I
2: thought you were going to shout-out your Chicago Bears. Poor Matt Nagy no, back in the hot seat again. Okay. They're
0: not my, no, they're not my bear. They're
2: okay. not there. I'm really shocked that you have done an entire top story segment and did not come on and just absolutely hoot and holler about your Chargers beating the Bengals 41-22. I didn't see that blowout.
0: I, I didn't see that. But I, again, I mean, Jamar Chase basically hit in the hand and he gave he gives up a touchdown and basically turns it into an interception. I mean, Joe Burrow had it right there and he. Earlier in the game, Joe Burrow lost the football, fumbled, fumbled it trying to you know get the ball out. But do
2: you um, see his pinky?
0: Turnovers
2: was Do you see Burrow's pinky? Sprained it.
0: Yeah. Was it on that play?
2: Yeah, it's a nasty, nasty looking finger. That's for yeah. sure. Um Anyway, thank you, Jordan. Appreciate it, man. We'll check in later. But when do you, when do you, when do you finish your semester? When are we going to see you again?
0: Finals are next week.
2: Next week. So two weeks. Two weeks till I see you.
0: Correct. Correct.
2: I'm not holding my breath. There goes the intern at JD Kleber is the way to follow him over on Twitter. Hour one is in the books. Hour two next on your home for Pelicans basketball ESPN New Orleans.